You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome again to Disney One by One. Today we're talking about Fantasia, the Disney classic from 1940. And don't forget, you can check us out all over the internet at Disney One X One. And if you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you listen, it'll be much appreciated. We actually got quite a few reviews from our first few episodes. So as promised, I will read a few of those on the show. First from Rach Bowes. She says, right from the start with the Robin Hood music, I grinned the whole welcome episode. Disney was a huge part of my childhood, and it was a fun trip down memory lane. Can't wait to hear more. Thanks for that. From F.B. Hughes. All right, if you like Disney even a little bit, the pod is fantastic, funny, and informative. Hosts are great. Content is great. Keep it up. Thanks for that. And from God Strong EPH316. <laughs> what a great idea. Great commentary and a great journey. Fantastic idea, gentlemen. Glad to be joining you on this fun quest. So thanks for writing those comments. If you didn't hear yours, it'll be on an upcoming episode. As always today, I welcome my brother, David. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Um, this week's movie was very unique, I think, in the whole lineup of Disney in general. So I'm excited to talk about it. And also joining us today, my friend and coworker Jordan Harms. Hey, Mike. What's going on? Are you excited to be here? You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so, Jordan, as is tradition from one previous episode last week, I ask our special guests some questions. So, first off, just tell me kind of what your Disney history is growing up, watching the movies, going to the parks, etc. Well, I was one of those uh, deprived kids who never went to the park until probably, well, like a week and a half, two weeks ago, three weeks ago for the first time (laughs) ever, (laughs) Um, which was amazing. But I mean, you know, that was not my first exposure to Disney. I grew up watching all the cartoons that were available. My whatever stacks of VHS tapes were laying around at my parents' house were the ones I was forced to watch. And naturally, some of those became my favorites because I didn't know anything different. So, I mean, geez, if I really wanted to give, like, an origin date, I don't have one. It's since forever. <laughs> <laughs> I am told I am told the first movie I saw in the theater was Little Mermaid when I was two years old. So I actually have I have that starting point. I Well, okay. Well, in that case, the first, t- the first one I was told I saw in the theater, and I have, like, a vague memory, was The Lion King when I was, like, almost three years old. Okay. According to my parents, I was on my feet the entire time. Like, just pointing at the screen, trying to make sure that they could see all the animals bowing down before Simba, as if the screen wasn't big enough for them to see it. (laughs) So, I didn't sit down the whole movie. What do you think about the live-action Lion King that's being, uh, I think, shot now? Well, the thing is, I don't know, what does shot even mean for a movie like that? (laughs) It's all... (laughs) It's it's just basically a 3D... uh, you know, CGI version of the cartoon. I don't don't know. I don't think it needs to be happening, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know if if they're like putting Donald Glover in a in a lion costume and putting motion trackers on him. I have no I have no idea. Naturally, I'll go see it. Yeah, of course. But I don't (laughs) I do not have high hopes because Lion King is is the king. Indeed. Indeed, I agree. But that's that's four for four. I guess we haven't gotten to our uh, top five yet, but I assume too much. Jordan, what are your top five favorite 
Disney movies. Uh, we ask our guests this every week. So, well, you know, I I really I cannot stand the Lion King. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the Lion King is my number one, of course, all the way. All right. Number two would be the Emperor's New Groove. Wow. Probably, which is fairly modern compared to all these like Disney classic animated. But I think that's like the perfect perfect movie. Um, number three coming in for me is the original Beauty and the Beast. Uh, number four is Cinderella because my mm. sister watched that all the time. It's classic. I like the original story and I think all the reiterations are nowhere near as good. Yeah. Um, and then sneaking in at number five is uh, Hunchback and Notre Dame. Oh, wow. Because wow. I, I randomly got that VHS. I remember when I was a kid in the mail from my grandmother who lives in Colorado and I'm in Missouri and it was attached to a bunch of balloons and I was like hey this is a cool bright orange box what the heck is this and I had no idea what the story was or anything because I had not been taught anything about the hunchback of Notre Dame I didn't even know what Notre Dame was <laughs> I was just a kid and I was like this is so weird and scary and odd and like I don't know it aged well for me <laughs> soundtrack is great too but it is a pretty screwed up story man and now our feature presentation Disney and the talents of a thousand craftsmen bring to the screen all the wonders of Fantasia. As always, some brief historical context for, for those of you interested. So in, in 1936, Walt Disney had the idea of making The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, he had made a number of animated shorts accompanied by music. In fact, Steamboat Willie, I believe, was the first animated short to have synchronized sound. The, the original Mickey Mouse movie. Mickey Mouse was kind of falling in popularity, so he decided he wanted to make Sorcerer's Apprentice to kind of boost Mickey's Mickey's clout, and I guess screen it in front of a feature, or screen it theatrically, but the budget kept growing and growing and growing to about $125,000 for this one sequence, and so his friends are like, well, why don't we do some other things and make a feature out of this so we can actually make our money back? He hired Leopold Stokowski, the conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra, to, to helm the music. They settled on nine different selections, eventually pared that down to eight. And there were over a thousand artists and technicians that worked on this movie, all the different segments. The music was all recorded at the Philadelphia Academy of Music. It took 42 days to record all of the, all the different tracks. They created a brand new sound system they called Fantasound. It was sort of a, the pioneer of stereo, you know, things coming out of different speakers, stereo and surround sound. Uh, the movie was released on November 13, 1940 at the Broadway Theater in New York City, and it screened there for 57 straight weeks, which is kind of insane. Um, it eventually won two honorary Academy Awards for their advancement in sound and also for basically creating a, this new form of orchestra concert film experience. Disney's original intention was to take Fantasia and every couple years swap segments in and out, create new segments, sort of create this ever-evolving musical traveling show. And that didn't happen until... 2000 when they released Fantasia 2000 and we'll get to Fantasia 2000 in a while but the one segment in that movie that they kept was the Sorcerer's Apprentice and then they created uh, six or seven new segments for that so David do you have any extra fun facts about Fantasia as a matter of fact I do Mike thanks for asking <laughs> so uh, one is this is Disney's longest animated feature. No kidding. Which I did not know when you asked me to watch it last weekend. Thanks a lot. 
And another one, they this movie changed the way Mickey was drawn. They gave him the white gloves and they added pupils. Before that, he was not drawn like we see him today. It started with Fantasia. And then one other interesting was, one is during the, the Greek mythology segment, I think it's called the Pastoral Symphony, they originally had a very racist depiction of a black centaur with stereotypical you know, like racist black features and stuff that they cut from the film. So I'm pretty sure when it was in theaters originally, this character was in it. I'm not sure exactly when they cut that. Um, I don't think the one we watched had that character in it. No. But it's kind of a, you know, shows how old and dated the movie is from 1940 that Disney had put a character in like that. Um, obviously, they would not today, but... There was a green one. There was a green one that I was pretty offended by, though. <laughs> it's pretty racist. Yeah, to Martians. Mm-hmm. Great. So let's talk about sort of our history with this movie. Jordan, had you seen Fantasia before watching it t- tonight? Yeah, as a kid. But <laughs> upon watching it tonight, I realized I did not truly see it in all of its... <laughs> majesty <laughs> i saw uh, a few a few pieces that stuck with me but i mean i might as well have watched it for the first time tonight which i did not expect because my, my mom loved fantasia when i was growing up so she kind of forced us to watch it she was like it's classical music so you'll you're getting cultured yeah right at the same time david i know growing up we had fantasia 2000 in the house had you seen this one before no i mean uh, i think you mentioned the sorcerer segment with mickey is in fantasia 2000 right yeah yeah so obviously i recognize that but the rest of the segments i don't think i'd ever seen before obviously i knew a lot of the music they're pretty well-known classical songs but besides that i didn't have any depictions in my head of what it was going to be like so yeah that's kind of my history we watched fantasia 2000 a lot i mean i practically have the Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I, Rhapsody in Blue. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> wrong Rhapsody. That's, that's Fantasia 1975. Yeah. That would be interesting, though. Um, I have the Rhapsody in Blue segment memorized. Such a great scene from that movie. But this one, not familiar. Yeah, I had not seen this one all the way through. My biggest exposure to original Fantasia is a few years ago, the St. Louis Symphony did selections from Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 live. So they played the, the the video on a big screen above the orchestra and then and and you know played along to the picture, and I believe they did the uh, the Nutcracker one. They did the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but I think they mainly did selections from 2000. But that was about it. So for those of you who haven't seen this movie or haven't seen it in a while, here's Fantasia in 60 seconds. Fantasia features eight different animated segments set to pieces of classical music conducted by Leopold Stokowski. Part 1, Toccata and Fugue in D Minor by Bach, features a live-action orchestra that morphs into abstract music-related patterns. Part 2 is the Nutcracker Suite, starring fairies, fish, flowers, mushrooms, and leaves. A legend about a sorcerer who had an apprentice. Part 3, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, the iconic segment with the mischievous sorcerer Mickey. 4, Rite of Spring by Stravinsky showcases the creation of the earth to a ballet score. Next is the intermission with a fun jazz jam session and a brief music lesson. I'm very happy to have this opportunity to introduce to you 
the soundtrack. Followed by Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony and a Greco-Roman world of centaurs, Cupid's fawns, merriment, and lightning bolts. Now we are going to do one of the most famous and popular ballets ever written. Seventh, The Dance of the Hours, a humorous scene with hippos, ostriches, and alligators. Lastly, Night on Bald Mountain and Ave Maria, an epic scene featuring evil spirits, followed by an angelic ending. So now that we've watched this movie kind of for the first time for everyone, Jordan, what was your initial reaction upon sitting through this two-hour-long Disney classic? <laughs> well, my reaction at the beginning was different than my reaction at the end. <laughs> but uh, I, Naturally, the, the majority of the music that I listen to is classical music or neoclassical music or soundtracks from, I mean, a lot of movies, including Disney movies. So... I mean, like upon sitting down and, you know, it opening up and showing the orchestra and everything, I was in a pretty good mood. I was like, all right, like, it's just going to be a bunch of music with awesome visuals or whatever. But then I, I, as it went, I realized that I also crave like a core narrative of some sort <laughs> <laughs> and like a story in my movies, which some segments have a story. Some don't at all. Overall, I mean, I love all the music. There's not a part... Not any of it that I, I strongly dislike. There's parts where it's like, okay, let's move along. But I don't know. Like I said, I listen to a lot of classical music. So naturally, this was one that I I picked. I was like, yeah, let's watch that one. Because I, I totally know this movie as because I watched it so much as a kid. And I was <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> I didn't know it at all. <laughs> all right, David. I did not enjoy this movie. I, I like segments of it. I think that the reason I didn't enjoy it, or at least some of the songs were the ones that kind of were meant to show off the animation. And since that animation was so basic to our eyes in 2018, I think that's really kind of where it fell short for me. I know that if I would have seen this in um, 1940, it would have been amazing and like something you've never seen before. I don't know. Like I enjoy classical music too, to some extent. I don't listen to it every day. But this movie didn't really keep my attention, and I fast-forwarded through a couple of the slower segments. <laughs> not allowed. Not allowed. It's Go allowed. back and watch it's, them. You're not a true yeah. Disney one-by-oneer. Go back and watch some of the dancing squiggly lines some more. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't skip much, I promise. But yeah, I was not a not a huge fan. Yeah, I. It was it was fine. <laughs> um like, like jordan, jordan like you said I, I loved the beginning you know yeah. when they were the orchestra's warming up that's one of my favorite sounds Me too. in the world is an yeah. orchestra warming up so it's like all right this is cool i love going to those live shows you know? yeah I dig, I dig this and I, I dig this this kind of stoic narrator standing between the only two women musicians who were stuck on the harps I didn't see a single other woman in any of the rest of that orchestra. Wow. Women can only play harps, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Just some of the, they were just, all the segments were just too long. Absolutely. That that that'd be my ultimate complaint. Yeah. Is if they you know lopped five or ten minutes off of each one, <laughs> it would have been considerably more entertaining, and the pace would have been better. You know, I think they learned their lesson. Fantasia two thousand is 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 much shorter. I think it's way peppier. I think it's 90 minutes flat, if not even shorter than that. Right. But yeah, so, so let's go through, we'll just kind of talk through each segment quickly 
if you have something to say, say it. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on. All right. Um, the first one was Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. They, they set this up as sort of how you would in while sitting in a concert hall listen to listen to music you know first you'd notice the orchestra and then you would start to kind of your mind sort of wander off into more abstract things so they start with visualizations of an orchestra playing and then it sort of evolves from there yeah I, I thought overall that was kind of presumptuous of them <laughs> <laughs> I mean sure like first first thing I noticed is the orchestra but I don't know, the opening of this is like, man, I've been noticing the orchestra for a long time and nothing has happened still. So, <laughs> I love that piece by Bach. Yeah. I really do. But yeah. That was, oh my gosh. I can only watch violin bows fall from the clouds for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, should I move on to the next one? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Moving on to the next segment, which was the Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky. This they set up as instead of the, your typical Nutcracker story, we're going to have fairies and fish and flowers and mushrooms and leaves and things. I didn't mind this one. I, it had a, it had enough variety in it that it, it kept me engaged. I I don't want to be the negative you know commentator on every one of these, but there just wasn't enough of a story to keep me engaged the whole song. Um, I know there are like bits and pieces of stories with the little creatures, but it wasn't really a story. It was just kind of them dancing and stuff. I would have hoped for more of a narrative, which they could have put into this song, but I guess they were trying to be different and not actually be about the Nutcracker. So that was probably intentional, but not as entertaining, I don't think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I like, I, this is probably one of my, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to pick. Like, it's... It's kind of a running theme with this movie. It's like, I like the opening of so many of these. And then by like five, six, seven minutes into it, I'm I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I think, I think it started off interesting with like all the little fairies floating around and like waking up the forest or something. I started to kind of fall asleep when like, you know, the... This week it's like really, really quiet. Yes. And then all me, of a sudden there's too. like those like Russian dancing flowers. Like I, I snapped awake. Like I had like adrenaline like jump through me. Like, whoa, oh, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be watching this movie. Yeah. And like, I mean, I was, I was, I was really trying to put myself in the shoes of like the animators and kind of like David was saying, someone in 1940 watching this, like, wow, this is really smooth, hand-drawn, amazing animation. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I had to like do that constantly to keep myself awake was not a, not a good selling point for me. <laughs> well, it moves on to The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Paul Dukas? Dukas? Paul Dukas. Paul Dukas? Dukas? <laughs> Which Dukas. this one actually has a story, and this is the one that kind of jump-started it all. This is the one where Mickey wears the hat. Everyone knows the hat. I have the hat, or had. Yeah, David. I, David sported that hat. I bought for... the hat at the Giant Mickey Hat in formerly known MGM Studios from Disney World. Oh yes, now Hollywood Studios. Yes. Yep. While we're on that topic, Jordan, Jordan, I don't know how well versed you are in, in this, but you guys can both try to guess. I could, I could think of, and we just named one. I could think of four instances in the parks where Fantasia. You know, appears. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Disney Philhar Magic, right? Uh, that the wasn't one of my ones, but sure, maybe. Well, <laughs> well, it's all it's like all about the hat. Is it okay? All right, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Donald Duck's like trying to get the hat, and okay. I'm pretty sure it's they like... play the whole Sorcerer's Stone clip in there. Maybe <laughs> Sorcerer's yeah, Apprentice. Yeah, you just said Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> The, ph- the philosopher's stone isn't that the, yeah. the british title the british version. my bad phantasmic phantasmic yes that's correct uh that's that's all i got i'm a i'm a disney parks virgin as of <laughs> up, up until about three weeks ago like i said so all right dave dave there's two more i could think of one is pretty obvious the giant hat and mgm like i mentioned well, no that no count? we said that there's another one. Oh man it just closed down I don't know. There's a Fantasia segment in the Great Movie Ride. Oh. There is? Yeah. It's like in between two of the animatronic sequences, you enter this room and there's a video screen where Mickey, it's Mickey on the top of the, on the top of the mountain, you know, summoning the water, the waves. Yeah. Okay. But that, that ride recently closed down to make way for Mickey's Runaway Railway or something like that. Right. I'm very interested to see what they so put in that sad. building. It's a huge building. That is so. sad. Because I, I like this song and I like the visuals with it. And and I thought and and like, you know, you can disagree with me on this, but I think the original Fantasia overall's animation is more appealing to me than than two thousand. Two thousand is definitely cleaner and and smoother because they have more frames and they had, you know, computers at that point. But the hand drawn like rustic homey papyrus feeling <laughs> really <laughs> the whole portion with the brooms are filling up to the room the room with water to the point where they're completely underwater but doing the exact same motion yeah. like scooping up the water underwater and dumping it in <laughs> while underwater and all you can see is like some bubbles and like like motion like that was all very convincing to me even though that's not how water works <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and the water going past uh, <laughs> Above the window where Mickey was shoveling out the water, but yeah. somehow now the water's staying in the building. Yeah, and then like yeah, then the, <laughs> the sorcerer walks down the stairs and he's just like, oh, look at all this water that was previously way up this staircase. Yeah, that bothered me too, but it was smooth. You gotta give it that. It looked it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it's cool. Let's move on to the next segment was Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky. This I I think I dozed off through this one. This was like the earth beginning and dinosaurs oh, and stuff yeah oh this oh, one gosh. is good mike you don't like dinosaurs mike what do you got against dinosaurs i don't know david david did you like this one yeah it was cool it was kind of like an earth or universe origin story big bang type thing and then organisms forming underwater turning into dinosaurs dinosaurs fighting each other and a t-rex taking out a stegosaurus whip. stegosaurus yeah there it is i don't know it's pretty cool and I mean, I'm sure at the time it would have been really cool, you know, because yeah. you haven't seen dinosaurs animated like that. Um, I couldn't help but think that this was an inspiration of some kind for Dinosaur the movie. Is that Disney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was that was definitely reminded of Dinosaur because they're like running out of water, walking through the desert, which happens in the Dinosaur totally. movie as well. But yeah, I, I I thought that this one was entertaining and had a good kind of story to it yeah i had a very similar thought for that exact same portion when they were like trying to like drink the mud because there was no water left and the only moisture was like the mud in the middle of the desert definitely reminded me of dinosaur it also reminded me of land before time Hmm. which is not disney not disney 
But I, I wonder if, yeah, there's a lot of Petries in this one, but they were evil. And one got eaten by like a water dinosaur. It's violent. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, so you don't have any memory in this no, one. I yeah. don't. You got anything? Did you fall asleep during that part? I don't or? think I fell asleep. I don't remember. I really don't remember this one. Then you can't give me crap for fast forwarding, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is an exciting one. I mean, it's really depressing. I don't know. I don't remember this one very much from when I was a kid, which I am surprised about because I love dinosaurs. But I also grew up in a very like conservative Christian household. Yeah. So the whole like evolution portion maybe was like fast forward over. Yeah, but maybe. Now that I'm older, like this, it was like super cool. Regardless, the animation was interesting, and they like passed millions of years by like covering the the lens with like smoke. S- side note: Have you seen the movie Noah? The live action one. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, I've seen a couple portions of it. No, the same portion of it a couple times in silence on a treadmill at like okay. the gym. <laughs> <laughs> is it the part with the rock people, the rock yes, creatures? It is. It's <laughs> what, yeah. I'm, what I'm getting to <laughs> is there's a point in the movie where Noah tells the, the story of creation to his family, uh-huh. and it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's this one uh-huh. shot as these, as you know, this fish evolves into a land creature and evolves into a, you know, eventually into oh, a human. I don't know. It, it's very, very cool. It's very, very well done. Whether it's biblically sound or not, I'm not really sure, but it is a very neat sequence. You should check it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube. That movie, not biblically sound. <laughs> Rock people. Hey, you, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. That is the exact portion that I watched. That's several great. times on the treadmill i had no idea what was going on <laughs> basically not to not to get into an episode about noah but basically noah needs help to build the ark and so god sends angels in the form of these like strong rock creatures ah. to help him build it so it's not completely inconceivable but that'd be useful for sure anyway the, the next segment of fantasia not noah is uh the intermission and now we'll have a 15 minute intermission Oh, my favorite song of the whole thing was probably the like little freestyle jazz thing they did. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. I that loved was that. My I was favorite like, yes. part of the movie. <laughs> like, keep going. Yeah, and then like they stop as if they were doing something wrong. Yeah, when it, when it comes back from intermission, they show the musicians sort of gathering back on stage. And then who starts playing? The bass player starts playing? The bass player, yeah. He starts like plucking on the upright. And then it's like clarinet joins in. Yep. And then and they all they, just, they xylophone and some some violins start fiddling. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most organic for sure. Yeah. Slim pickings out there. <laughs> Before we get into the second half of the program, I'd like to introduce somebody to you. I also didn't mind the next little segment. This is very classic disney he he made a number of short films about music following the jam session they have a little animated segment about about what do they call it the here is the soundtrack yeah and this 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 line appears on screen kind of wiggling like it's the waveform of the audio and then Mm -hmm. you learn about how sound works a little bit or something it was it was kind of dumb mike (laughs) (laughs) It was too too long like the rest of this movie. Yes. 
<laughs> it took away from my jazz solo. I was just thinking, I can make a waveform do similar things in After Effects in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but you, this, the thing was hand-drawn. It's impressive. It's at least impressive. I know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, old man. Anyway, the next segment, the, the, the raciest segment of this movie, we had the Pastoral Symphony by Beethoven with uh, naked centaurs and cupids and fawns. And my and, Little Pony. And, 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 <laughs> and Bacchus, the god of merriment or whatever he is, and Zeus and lightning and all sorts. Of, this one was at least somewhat interesting. It was definitely interesting. <laughs> this is the one that starts off with some nudity. Yeah, Dave, we, we actually got Boob Island. Yeah, Booby, <laughs> Booby Island from Pinocchio. Yeah. And now in Fantasia, real boobs with no uh, nipples. <laughs> well, some of them were covered up, like, completely, and some of them weren't. It was. It's like they just didn't care, and then suddenly, like, the little... Okay, this is kind of vague if you don't set it up a little bit. The camera, like, the animated camera... Kind of comes swooping in on this like old ancient Grecian landscape. There's like you know tall mountains. It looks like it's from Hercules, basically. Yeah. And then there's all these centaurettes, female centaurs, and they're all in, like in the nude. And then these little nude cherubs start like dressing them up and like pampering them like it's their wedding day or something, <laughs> and like putting doves in their hair as like hats and stuff and like covering them up. And everyone's just like totally okay with this. And then all these <laughs> dude centaurs show up and the cupids are like, oh, here they are. And they like unveil the centaurettes and it's like this big, weird, G-rated centaur orgy type thing <laughs> that happens. And then that's when the wine guy shows up. I was kind of was kind of dozing off at this point. Uh, the wine god shows up who's got this little donkey that looks like he's like right out of Pinocchio and he's like drunk just wasted and so is the donkey and they're just off their rocker and everyone's also okay with this <laughs> they're like yeah <laughs> here we go we're all together now <laughs> boy and girl centaurs and we renewed a second ago and then they all like just go to sleep it's so weird yeah and then Zeus comes in and yeah we can we can we can move on. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the next. Wait, don't move on. The okay. first half of that song, it's like with the My Little Pony looking. Oh yeah. Flying horse. They're like not centaurs. They're actually flying horses, miniature horses, I believe. Um, something like that. Uh, pe Pegasus, Pegasi. Yeah, Pegasi. Um, <laughs> but I was just Gosh. thinking that. This is probably the inspiration for My Little Pony because they looked very similar to Incredibly. that cartoon. But it was just weird because it was focused on them and then it shifted totally to the centaurs and just totally forgot about the Pegasi. Yeah, the, the centaur nipples definitely eclipse the opening part of this yeah. <laughs> segment. <laughs> All right, now we'll move on. <laughs> We got three left. No, two left. The second to last segment was the Dance of the Hours by Emil Kerr Poncelli. Poncelli. Poncelli, thank you. I don't know. This had ostriches and hippos and elephants and bubbles <laughs> and gators and dancing. and It was somewhat entertaining. This one I actually did crack up a couple times, especially when the hippos got blown away by the wind. 
like up into the stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> it was so unwarranted. I don't I don't I don't understand the uh, direction of this one, but a bunch of alligators showed up in the end and started creepily chasing around all the female hippos that at first they were going to eat and then they were like sexually attracted to and then uh I, I can't remember if they win or lose in the end aren't they all just like dancing together at the end i don't know it's like all happily ever after i feel like the alligators from this are in some other disney movie i could be wrong it, it, but maybe like, maybe robin hood the alligators only other like disney show or movie it showed up in was the house of mouse tv show yeah, I which love I probably show. saw on Disney Channel back in the day, so maybe that's why I recognized the gators. I think there are similar similar looking gators in in Robin Hood. All right, let's trudge on to the final segment here. This is just like watching the actual movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the the final segment is two songs. Of course, they had to drag it on as long as possible. Night on Bald Mountain by Modis Musorski. I did not check any pronunciations ahead of time, sorry. And concluded with Ave Maria by Franz Schubert, or Schubert. This one does have some pretty impressive animation. The, the gigantic dragon devil thing and the earthquake that happens. There's some really cool scenes and segments, and, and but it was still very long. Yeah, I I saw some haunted mansion elements in this one. I feel like um, it also I do remember this one from when I was a kid. I remember having nightmares. Jeez, it's like Satan himself on a mountain, basically. Yeah, pulling all these like demons and like troubled spirits out of the town. This is one where oddly enough, like this whole thing is supposed to be like, oh, it's the music. It's all about the music with a little bit of animation thrown in but i feel like the animation was just distracting in a bad way most of the time but this last one i actually paid attention to the music some and it fit it fit very well uh, it was almost like i could hear sound effects like hey this is they actually recorded something for this but they didn't it was just all orchestral and yeah and I, I actually really liked the ave maria the arrangement they had of that yeah it was very angelic and and soothing which i think was their intention after this very kind of violent and scary opening part of it yeah the i liked the second half with the second song a lot and i noted that the animation was really impressive even at the end with like the reflections on the water and like the kind of bokeh effect they had watching those people with the lamps walk by it looked pretty mm-hmm. cool at the end the monks. i was really impressed is the the demon satan character is that who shows up in phantasmic mike uh, no, I think Phantasmic has the dragon from Sleeping Beauty. It's yeah, like you're right. Uh, Chern- Chernabog or something like that, right? They said in in the... Chernabog. You got it. Did I get that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was creepy. I think he sh- I had seen him somewhere in another Disney property of some kind. I'm not sure where. It's sort of like uh, Jafar at the end of Aladdin when he turns into a genie. Yeah. Similar. Oh, so he also appeared in House of Mouse, which I probably saw him in that show when I was a kid. But he oh. also was a villain in Kingdom Hearts, ah. which was a Final is. Fantasy Disney crossover video mm-hmm. game that I had for PS2. Good stuff. So he was a big villain in Kingdom Hearts, which is probably where I know him the most from. Jordan, did you play that game? I did, yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are well done. Very faithful to Disney, like all throughout. 
original voice actors and everything. So we've made it through all the segments. I think we've kind of said what we need to say about them. Still still awake. Yeah. Barely. Jordan, your final thoughts on Fantasia. You know, I <laughs> I made a point of writing this down. I don't remember the exact quote. I think it was from the o- the opening like box segment. Um the narrator, he was like <laughs> he said something that's uh that is common said about music is that you are oh no 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 it was for the uh it was for the sorcerer's apprentice part sorry i mixed up he was saying how the, it was based off the original like story how the um the sorcerer's apprentice he picks up the the hat and he gets the sorcerer's powers and he like starts this uh you know incantation to make the brooms do his like bidding yeah and he's like he said and then he realizes he's not as smart as he thought and he starts something that he can't finish and i instantly thought that is a lot like me watching this movie right now (laughs) i think i bit off more than i can chew (laughs) i don't know if i can make it (laughs) i had to take some breaks um i I watched it over two nights as well i didn't finish it in night one and like all this to say i'm not bashing it as a whole like oh man this movie sucks like objectively but it it definitely belongs the 1940s (laughs) all right david your final thoughts yeah, I watched this movie while I was working out. <laughs> oh, like uh, me and Noah. Right next to my computer monitor. <laughs> so probably it was my first time working out to classical music. Not the best motivator. But in the intro episode, I think, Mike, you and I both had this movie on our like most anticipated to watch. Because yep. neither of us had seen it. And unfortunately, I was disappointed by it. Um Hopefully the other ones that we are put on that list are better than Fantasia was. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate the animation, appreciate the groundbreaking movie that it was, appreciate the innovations that it took to make it happen and to screen it properly. And I can understand why people at the time went to see it and were amazed by it. But all that said, yeah, it was just kind of boring. (laughs) <laughs> i liked the beginning and the end with the orchestra i liked the fun intermission yeah you know some segments were fun but as a whole i don't really foresee myself watching this movie again anytime soon unfortunately however having forgotten the magic formula that would make the broomstick stop carrying the water he found he'd started something he couldn't finish so with that we need to give our official rating we need to determine the rating scale for Fantasia. Last episode we had out of a hundred donkey kids uh, for Nude Snow Centaurs. Snow White. We out had of a, out of out of seven <laughs> out of seven dwarfs. Centaur boobs. Out of enchanted brooms. Out of enchanted brooms. All right. Out of how many enchanted brooms? Fifty. There's at least a hundred in there, man. Okay, we're, we're doing a hundred again. All right. Out of a hundred enchanted brooms, Jordan, how would you rate this movie? I'd give this about. Ten brooms and one splintered, fractured broom. That's bad. Out of, okay. out of 100? Out of 100? Oh, I guess it is out of 100. Man, that's like an F. I wouldn't no, give that's, this movie that's an that's like a That's like a J. All right. I, <laughs> all right. I up, my, I up my 10 to 35. I'm not going to go any higher, though. All right. <laughs> Still all right, that fractured David. one in there. 35 and a fractured. All right, David. I'd give this like a 49 
uh, magic brooms out of a hundred. Just for its like historical significance, I'm gonna bump it up a little bit higher than that, but not much. I'm gonna give it a a sixty, which is still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's worth a watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Overall, it's not a bad movie. If you're in the right mood to sit and listen to some music and enjoy some visuals along with it, great. I just wanted a little bit more than that, I guess. I need I need that narrative, man. So with that, that wraps up our review and discussion about Fantasia. Just about as long as the movie itself. <laughs> Jordan Harms, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, man. You'll have to bring me back for 2000 and we can have a yeah, yeah, rehash can, discussion of Fantasia. That'll be in about a year, but we can yeah. certainly do that. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have you back before then. David, as always, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to watching Fantasia 2000 because um, I know that it's better than this one. <laughs> And with that, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Write us a a review. Give us a rating. Thanks again. Next week on the show, we have Dumbo. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. I got that right, right? Isn't Dumbo the next one? (laughs) Let me double check. It's either Dumbo or Bambi. I think it's Dumbo. It's 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 Dumbo. Okay. Okay. All right. That was fun, guys. Thank you. That was fun. Man, staying awake during that movie was fun too.